So if you didn't hear the political news, presidential hopeful Andrew Yang has officially announced that he has dropped out of the 2020 Democratic race. He will no longer go against Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg. And me being a very raging member of the Yang gang team, it's bittersweet to hear this news because, of course, we wanted him to win. But we all saw the numbers out of the Iowa caucus and then New Hampshire was really just a prayer for him to do well in it. But I think the craziest thing as we look back on Andrew Yang's ridiculous 2020 campaign is how on earth did this no-name candidate named Andrew Yang that held no political office get within the top five to seven Democratic candidates to become the president? Like, like this is pre- that's pretty insane. Like, could you imagine right now you at your desk job or at your construction job or wherever you work, just say, you know what, I want to run to become president. And then you just start emailing everyone on your Gmail contact list and calling all your family and friends. And then you get on CNN and MSNBC and all the major networks and do a million interviews. Like, could you imagine just being a regular guy one minute and then literally running for president the next? That is the reality of what Andrew Yang did. And what's so amazing about it is I think in his candidacy, there was some opportunity, some basic strengths of being an outside candidate that you could clearly see from the outside in rather than being an establishment candidate like a Democrat candidates were. And I think you're going to see a trend of these Internet sensations like Andrew Yang come up. I'm really fascinated about how he used Twitter and YouTube and new media like podcasts and how it literally catapulted him to relevance. Pretty much his whole fan base or his whole supporter voter group was built on the backs of one interview. That's Joe Rogan. He worked his tail off going to interview and going to, you know, events and doing larger events. And then eventually a friend of Joe Rogan's recommended him to the show and Joe Rogan took him on. And that literally catapulted his career. And it just makes me think to myself, how long will it be until a podcast like Joe Rogan's or a YouTube channel like maybe even Hot Ones or a Twitch stream like Hassan or Destiny's becomes not only on the fringe tips of choosing our political leaders, but becomes the actual main way how people find out about candidates and end up deciding about candidates. I think the true ridiculous part about Andrew Yang's campaign is that literally his main platform point of UBI giving people a thousand dollars a month. This is something that literally people thought was a fringe idea when he started this campaign, which is funny because it was around in the 60s, 70s when Martin Luther King was pushing for it before he died. 
but it fell out of mainstream talk and conversation. And literally, polls estimated that around 3% of Americans wanted this platform of $1,000 a month, giving $1,000 a month to everyone in the economy, no strings attached, as long as they're over 18. And after a survey came out, over 50% of Americans to this day now are actually in favor of it. That is a tremendous feat. That is crazy. Well, 50%, I believe it was Iowans where this uh, survey was uh, tested. But that is insane because literally a regular guy, basically a bit above the political experience of you and me, was able to take what was considered a fringe idea and plunge it into the mainstream conversation. And that is absolutely amazing. I think that you will see Andrew Yang continue to go through the political ranks, whether that's be a rank in Congress, maybe senator, maybe mayor. But more importantly, I think for 2024, and me being an outsider, and I can see where his campaign lacked. And basically, the big catch-22 position that Andrew Yang was in is his campaign grew way bigger than he ever anticipated. And the things that win presidential races, it's literally your campaign managers. There comes to a point in the campaign where you're so busy doing speeches and podcasts and interviews that the day-to-day operations of your actual campaigning is run by a completely different person. In Andrew Yang's case, because he ran, um, you know, he ran and in the early in the race, um, he couldn't get any good campaign managers. Like, like all the best top ones, obviously, are going to be in the top campaigns. And as he starts getting money and he's ready to actually start getting the top tier staff, it's impossible because the Democratic field is so big and Bloomberg is spending so much money that the resources to retool your campaign with this type of staff you need and you don't want to fire the people that got you there in the first place because, of course, they've done a good enough job to get you there. It creates this weird tension within your campaign that brings an atmosphere that makes it almost impossible to grow. You need those people with experience on your team to start to launch you from A to B. It's similar to a startup where a startup gets extremely successful. The startup will go from like zero to 30 employees. And once they hit that 10 million, 100 million, $1 billion valuation mark, you need some whole different executives, you need a whole different staff to really stamp ramp up there. And that's one of the big areas where Andrew Yang's campaign started to crumble. They made a huge $16 million at the end of December in 2019. And for January, they just ineffectively spent it in Iowa and did not have the best strategy because they didn't have the personnel around them to let them effectively use that money. But anyways, I'll be continuing to look at what's going on from Andrew Yang. And in my next video, I believe it's coming out tomorrow, my next uh, podcast, unless I change the order, which would be funny. I want to talk further about UBI and why it's such a great, um, why it's such a great policy, and what would do for an economy. Why, as an economist, someone who studied economics in university, why I love the idea of giving people a thousand dollars 
every month, no strings attached. Anyways, as always, the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. Why is that? That's because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. Make sure to share this on on, um, Twitter. Um, My Twitter handle is at Fly Stewie and we, Fly Crew, have to take off.